Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren! I'm Jesus musically challenged! Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to keep you on your toes, love. What the fuck? Oh, and I, I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. Holy shit! In case I also startled you wonderful listeners. Oh my god. Uh. Kay, what show are we doing today? Jesus, you are... (laughs) You either had too much coffee today, or not enough, and I'm not sure which one. Holy shit. So, we're still in the gauntlet. Oh god! I'm scared. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're still in the gauntlet. Today, um, we are doing The Land Before Time 7. The Stone of Cold Fire. Hey, lucky number seven, right? 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 So I feel like The Stone of Cold Fire is the weirdest Land Before Time movie. Uh, But as I've gotten older, I've actually appreciated it more. And I wish they had done something to bring back the characters that get introduced. Because I hate that what happens in this one is such a one-off. Yeah? Yes. Because... It, it makes you think you had a fever dream by the end of it. But uh, released in the year 2000, this is going to be the first post-Art Shift Land Before Time movie. And we have two tone-deaf alumnuses in this. Uh, one of them has been in as Spike for every single one, uh, except for the first one. But yes, Spike and his many, many lines. But he also voiced... Uh, Ozzy, the one of the egg thieves, as well as a couple of one-off characters, and he'll be voicing another one-off character in this one. I am, of course, speaking of Rob Paulson, makes me laugh. A.K.A. Yakko. Makes me laugh though, just saying that that he voices Spike is just mm-hmm. it's kind of generous because Spike is just mostly. <laughs> It's it's kind of like the whole uh, I am Groot because he still records each uh, in response to things. So mm-hmm. it's it's the joys of Rob Paulson. Um, but there is another tone deaf alumnus in this. Michael York. Does that name ring a bell to you? It does. And I don't know where. So he was in another really shitty movie. Lost Horizon. <gasps> Okay, okay, okay. Was he, was he, wait, 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 wait. He wasn't the douchey younger brother, was he? Yes, he was. was. He? Oh my god. Yes, he was. So, he he has a voice that I think is fantastic for not live action. Uh, yes. I should, okay, his voice is great. 
face not so much, but and it's not his fault. He's playing the villain in this one. Fitting. And Rob Paulson plays one of his underlings, as well as Spike. Uh, it also features Jim Cummings, so that's fun. Um, Remind me who... Jim Tigger. Oh, okay. And Scar's singing voice after Jeremy Irons' voice went out <laughs> in the middle of a song, which... It's kind of cool to listen how perfectly Jim Cummings blends his voice into that. Mm -hmm. Unless you know, you don't know. Um, And even if you know, you still don't know. And even if you know, you still don't catch it right away. Um, Or if you're me, you don't remember. Or if you're Warren, you don't remember. But otherwise, (laughs) the cast is the same for the most part. Um, But we learn in this film what happened with the adults when they were on their way to the Great Valley in the first movie. Now, when you say what happened to the adults, do we mean Sarah, like all the adults of the the kids that were in the first movie? A bunch of the adults that were traveling together on their way to the Great Valley in the first movie after the earthquake happened and stuff. Big earth shake. Big earth shake, whatever. But yeah, (laughs) you find out what happened to about half of them. Uh, you, uh, your face says that they didn't stop over and have a party. There's some dark, dark, well, dark for this type of kids movie Were they killed by the stone of cold fire? No, no, um, you'll find out. So one thing I should add before, uh, uh, one thing that I should add because that I meant to add before is that these movies are being directed by Charles Groves- Grosvenor. Grosvenor. Goodness. S and V shouldn't be together like that. Uh, who we'll be seeing, or, or who we will be seeing when we cover Once Upon a Forest. Uh, he directed se- that. The sequel to Once Upon an Island? So that's the one that our rheumatism thing comes from. Oh. And uh, the 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 phantom is in it. Yes. Um, And on Rotten Tomatoes, the Stone of Cold Fire is rated 45% for audience score, which is just a little bit higher than the last one we watched. 45% for audience score. Yeah, it's a zero for critics. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know if that's a case of critics didn't, like they're not... Calculating I critic reviews. Yeah, I, or... I, I don't know how many critics spend their time watching the direct-to-video stuff. There that... are a few, because uh, there are some in some of these movies where, like, critics are going, this is garbage for children. Don't set them in front of this movie. Whereas with this one, they're kind of like, well, there's nothing harmful. The story's actually pretty cool, but it's still, like, they... It's still not great, and... uh a lot of the negative stuff on this one is more the animation because, again, this is an art shift, so it's different animation from the last one. Yeah, because you were saying in the previous episode you were talking about that was the last one that did traditional animation. This is when they moved to an all-digital format? Yes, and so it's digital ink and paint, so it's still going to be the 2D style. Still hand-drawn, yeah. but it's done on a computer versus yeah image by image on paper. Yes, and... Uh, in comparison to the first movie, the first Land Before Time is at 79% for audience score, which I think is low, but whatever. Really? Yes. Only that? Yes. Huh. I'm not sure why. I don't know if 
the only thing I can think of with that is that as it aged and new people watched it, that could be it. Later generations were less kind to it than those of mm-hmm. us that grew up with it. And that's very possible. That is very possible with it. Because, um, again, there are a lot of inaccuracies in the first one, but, you know... For me, I feel like it sits at a solid 85. Yeah, yeah. I would put it at 85 easily, um, because there's... The, the animation in the first one is beautiful. The music is beautiful. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl. It's, it's, uh, she's a little bit impatient, because... We know what you're here for today. Does Latte want dinosaur facts? Dinosaur facts! Pew, 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 pew! Um, I don't know what noise... I was just making noises. Yours are actually based on things. <laughs> it's okay. Um, this one will be a little bit different because I'm going to be introducing you to what are called rainbow faces in this movie. Rainbow faces. Yes. They're called rainbow faces and you'll see why. You'll see why. They oh, this are. Is, okay, this is a type of dinosaur. Yeah. Um, but of course the actual name is not rainbow faces. There is a name for these dinosaurs and I'll Talk about the dinosaur that the Wikipedia gods call it, but then I'm also going to go into a little bit of what the Land Before Time wiki says. But I'm going to side with Wikipedia on this one, and I'll tell you why once we get to what the dinosaur is. But I will say that the Land Before Time wiki does have a point. So, uh, and this will be another you get to guess it. According to the Wikipedia, the dinosaur that the Rainbow Faces is supposed to be is not just any ornithomimid, but the largest ornithomimid. They were about 20 feet long, over 6 feet tall, and were fast, with the highest estimate being about 34 miles per hour. Although one kid's dinosaur website that I was looking at, because I pulled a bunch of different uh, sources for this, um, stated that they ran about 50 miles per hour, but I think they were thinking about Ozzy and Strut from the first sequel and not these guys. Now, when I say the largest ornithomimid, I am referring to ones that are in the family Ornithomimidae, because uh, if otherwise, if we were to include all ornithomimosaurs, then it would be dwarfed, dwarfed by the danger goose themselves, Dinocerus. This is not a danger goose. This is just a giant speedy chicken ostrich goose. Okay. It's a Mongolian dinosaur discovered in 1963 by Zofia Kailan Yaworowska. We're sorry if you're listening. I'm so sorry, Poland. (laughs) I'm sorry for me. Um, (laughs) So this dinosaur is definitely not even found in the same region as our main five characters. But, like Sarah, this would have been a Maastrichtian dinosaur being around about 70 million years ago. So, end of the Cretaceous. Uh, But they would have been at the earliest part of the end of the Cretaceous. These dinosaurs had a mobile neck that reminded discoverers of chickens. So, they were like, okay, this is a chicken dinosaur, and they, just a giant one. And so they believed that they had a similar diet of... Whatever goes in my face is food, complete with swallowing live prey whole, which got upended when this dinosaur was compared to extant dinosaurs like ostriches, as well as more recently extinct ones like moas, which are all browsing grazers. So herbivore. And um, they 
had they kind of went okay these are plant eaters and then in 2011 they found a skull that looked to have lamellae in the beak which in uh the case of this they're comparing it to the uh structures that are in a lot of ducks and other water birds that are used to kind of filter out uh, mollusks and stuff and keep mud out and stuff like that so they were like oh well, maybe they're giant filter feeders, which a, a dinosaur that big being a filter feeder, that's a lot of crustaceans it's got to be eating. And uh, I think even eating off of marsh plants, there's not enough really to sustain it. And then, um, spoiler alert, that gets upended pretty quickly because they then compare these structures and the roofs of their mouths to other animals, including hadrosaurs, and go, no, they use this to process their food. Like, they would grab the vegetation, but uh, because they also discovered gastroliths, they were like, okay, they may have just swallowed plant matter and let their guts do the work. Um, kind of like other herbivorous theropod dinosaurs. Uh, so, yeah, these were theropods who went vegan, and like other members of this family of uh, ornithomimosaurs and ornithomimidae, they would have feathers. Which you aren't going to see in this movie, because that wasn't a popular theory at the time for kids' media. Um, but this dovetails well into Helena Walker's theories, because she has stuff to say <laughs> about this animal, so there's a clue for you. Uh was it a ferocious predator that would take down large long necks all by itself? And... No, no. Um, she does agree that this would have been herbivorous, um, but she thought that they were more into berries and stuff, with the favorites being vegetation, like root vegetables and stuff like that, which would be kind of a feat to watch. Um, <laughs> but uh, she doesn't describe them as having much in the way of feathering minus a stupid little top knot on the back of the head, but she does agree that they're fast and thinks that they would be strong enough to carry three people on it. Guess that dinosaur! Is it one that you can carry three people on in arc? Yes. Fuck. Um... <laughs> a speedy little fucker who is really hard to catch it's not gallimimus yes it is it is gallimimus yes it is gallimimus good job so what's what's the species you said it was a type of oviraptor right ornithomimid ornithomimid okay because initially when you were i don't know why i heard oviraptor no worries or maybe i heard ornithomimid and my brain thought oviraptor because as you're talking about the size of it i'm sitting here thinking is it gigantoraptor and then as you're talking more and more about it i'm like <laughs> no way this is gigantoraptor <laughs> yeah and dinocurus was supposed to be kind of a clue but at the but same time they're more like more like uh, therizinosaurs no so they're in a different group and we're, we're actually going to... they're big with murder claws. They're big with murder claws, but different murder claws. Like, they're not... They're danger geese, but they're ornithomimid danger geese. And we're going to get into that with um, the next episode. little bit. Oh. Well, no. Um, so, 
Gallimimus is what Wikipedia says these dinosaurs are, and I could see that, because while they would probably be more intelligent than the rest of the Great Valley denizens based on brain size to body weight ratio, I, I, I think that that works for these dinosaurs that are going to be introduced. But the Land Before Time wiki calls them manoraptors. Gallimimus is not a manoraptor. Now, both groups are Solarosaurs, uh, but Manoraptors and Ornithomimids are not on the same branch. And based on how Land Before Time handles them, there is only one branch I could think of in Manoraptor, and this dovetails nicely into the confusion with Dinocerus. Because yes, Dinocerus is a danger goose, but Dinocerus is an Ornithomimid, Therizinosaur is a Manoraptor. Okay. So they're two different branches, and... Um, I'll swipe, swan dive into that comparison. Yes, and... God damn it. Um, they don't appray, They don't portray other members of Therizinosauria with the, with the claws that they're supposed to have that makes people, when they see them, they go, Therizinosaur. Um, and there is a movie that has a Therizinosaurid. Actually, there's two now. Um, but Land the, Before Time ones? Yes, there's two Land Before Times that have Therizinosaurids. One, when I found out that it was supposed to be a Therizinosaur, I screamed. I was so mad because I'm like, that is not that fucking dinosaur <laughs> at all. Um, and then the other uh, movie, they use Nontherinkus, which is okay. Um and there, I, I was kind of happy. That was the only good thing about that movie because they had it feathered. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> um, also, Chomper and Ruby are in that movie, which you'll meet Ruby later. Um, but uh, th that's the only thing I could think of unless they're going, oh, Manoraptor, because Truodons are smart. And they totally would have become humanoid reptilians if they still existed. But... Also, not likely. Did you just give away that there's humanoid reptilians? No, in there's this? not humanoid okay. reptilians, but it does tie into some weird shit later. Um, but again, it's not likely because the rainbow faces, when you see them, you will look at them and go, those are just naked galleys. They're just naked gallimimus. That's all that they are. You know what? I enjoy listening to you talk about dinosaurs as I kind of zone out and look over at your dinosaur statues that are on your desk. Yes, my my babies. I'm going to hug them. Oh, my T-Rex tooth fell. That's a fake T-Rex tooth, but look at my babies. Look at them. And then at some point, there will be some other extant theropods on my lap while we record an episode, <laughs> and you'll hear peep, peep, peep from them. It'll be adorable. Um, someday. And someday, <laughs> but uh, the uh, that whole rant that I went on about Truodon will make sense when you watch this. And yes, what happens at the end does really happen. You are not having a fever dream. You are not imagining it. It really happens. I think this is the movie that I'm thinking of then with the that weird I ending. ranted about when first ever talking to you about these this series because it's it's kind of like how you know the ending to Animorphs which <laughs> is because I ranted about it uh -huh. to you 
yeah, yeah. You don't know how it gets to gets to that point, but you do know. <laughs> and it's the exact same here. Um, yeah, this is this is the weirdest one, but there is one that you could call a weird one, but I view it as more of a we ran out of ideas one <laughs> <laughs> and ran out of new non-stock dinosaurs to introduce one, even though we didn't run out of new non-stock dinosaurs as evidenced by later movies. <clears throat> I'm not looking forward to that one. That one, I uh, that's one of the ones that I've only seen once. <laughs> fantastic (laughs) so anyway are you ready to go uh journey and find this the stone of cold fire you know hearing that title all it does is make me want a cold stone ice cream because Mm. we've been dieting i haven't even thought about ice cream you're welcome fuck yeah it's my fault be strong Kay. be strong See, and I'm wondering what the Stone of Cold Fire is, because I'm based oh. on the name. I, it makes me think that it's it's a comet or meteor or something. It is it is something that you know they saw it in the sky. Oh, it's fire! But then when they get to it, huh? It's not hot, kind of thing. But then my brain is also like, well, cold fire. If it's cold to the touch, but it creates fire. To me, that says it's a chunk of something radioactive, like. <laughs> And I just picture them playing with this glow. Oh, it's kind of warm to the touch. And then they all die of radiation poisoning, <laughs> like horribly. That's why they don't have feathers. <laughs> they wouldn't have skin. Oh, God, that would be a, ugh, that'd be a dark, like, adult spoof off of this where they all die of uranium poisoning. So when I was a kid, uh, well, not kid, teen, like late teens, I decided that what needs to happen is land before time 65 and it's the KT impact. And that's just the whole movie. It's the shortest one of them. It's it's just Littlefoot standing in the valley and just, huh, what's that? (laughs) If we hold on together... See, and then my brain just took that idea and thought of there was a big earth shake and the sky got really hot and everything burst into flames and they're all trying to flee and you just have the the group slowly getting whittled down until it's just our main characters and then, yeah, just dying a horrible death as uh, chunks of molten rock rain down from the sky. And then the it, then after it's over, you see the, the rat fuckers from... <laughs> from uh journey and through the mists and then they come out and start eating their corpses you know and then you hear them squeaking back and forth they go we will rule this world (laughs) and that is the story of our ancestors (laughs) the mammals until ravens take over until ravens take over after humans fuck the planet into a coma Mm mm-hmm or until after I sell out the human human race to ravens. I had not considered that possibility, and I don't know why. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I'll tell you what, you know what? You know what? I will gladly welcome our the supremacy of our Raven overlords if they can get us out of this and take care of those goddamn Condor gods. <laughs> is there a Raven god that can overpower the Condor gods? I mean, there is a Raven god, but he doesn't really meddle in these affairs much anymore. See? So. That's why Ravens deserve to be in charge, because they don't come into your home and tell you that you have to marathon <laughs> shitty children's cartoons. You hear that, Condor? Fuck you! Boy, I hope they didn't hear me. <laughs> I would really like to keep my entrails. Well, before we commit any more Condor-related blasphemy, let's go beyond the mysterious beyond and watch The Stone of Cold Fire! I thought I thought there was an episode called Beyond the Mysterious Beyond. That's or is, not an episode. That's a song. That's this episode where they go Beyond the Mysterious Beyond. Yes, the song that has plagued my mind since I first watched this movie. Yeah, it's, pla- Let's go. it's plagued me too, and I haven't even seen the goddamn thing. <laughs> Let's go. All right, all right, I can take a hint. Let's go. Woo! Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Hi! I'm Sunny Hepburn. And I'm Brandy Fleets. And we're from Book Book of Lies, the podcast where we discuss liars, cheats, and thieves, scammers, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. You can tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another lowdown, dirty liar. And learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies Podcast. You can connect with us on social media, Twitter at Book of Lies Pod, Facebook, and Instagram at Book of Lies Podcast. Bye! And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. So, Warren, what do you think? Did uh, this exceed your expectations beyond the mysterious beyond? Um... No, no, no. They, no, they didn't. No, uh, this this falls prey to so many of the same things we've seen in the other ones, where mm-hmm. they will attempt to have a greater moral or a greater mm-hmm. lesson, but they just kind of trip all over themselves because they didn't. Because everything's a first draft. Mm-hmm. Everything's a first draft, except for maybe some aspects, maybe some mm-hmm. like the one good song in it, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Everything else the is the rainbow faces. Everything else is just a first draft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I am uh not okay with how much creepy touchy uncle was in this one. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the real moral to this one. Everybody's uncle's the... creepy? Well, no, just the <laughs> The uh, the person that could hurt you the most may be the closest to Maybe you. Maybe in your own family, yeah. And I will say that the way that they handle that lesson in the first half is really 
good. They do a good job with it in the first half, and then fuck it up in See, the second and half. that's what I mean. It's kind of a, a blunderbuss. Is it just kind of goes everywhere? Yeah. And it hits the target on some things, but then it's also all yeah. over the place. And it and it and it's, it's what is the weak, at least to me, is the weakest point in this, is that they fuck up the moral. Because, like... There's a song later that if it had been about kids, would have been passable. But because it's about the adult, no, you can't have that be the lesson. You can't have that song about an adult. Yeah. It's okay as a kid, but not as an adult. Or if it's like, like, it, it can't be someone who's, it can't be about someone who has a power imbalance above you. It cannot yeah. be that way. Because oh, there's a the song you're talking about that we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of abuser rationalizing, abuser yes. sympathizing yes. aspect to it, and which... it's dark. It's really dark to think about because I mean, yeah, when you consider the things that are going on in the show, like mm-hmm. uh, kidnapping and attempted murder, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want to be like, oh, I'm sure there's good in that person. Yeah. Uh, no, no yeah, good. Yeah, maybe there is, but you know what's on display? The bad. Throw the whole man out. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, the whole Toronto out. And this, yeah, this is a situation where you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that baby is evil. That's yeah. an evil-ass baby. I will say that this is one where the side plot is okay being in it. Because in some of these, the side plots really just, like in uh, the fourth one, the side plot of, uh, uh, well, I guess that one's not really a side plot, but more of the meandering, like, oh, now we're in this cave for 30 minutes because oh, yeah. like, there was no reason for that whole scene. There's when, no reason. With, with the with, Archelon in the turtle? Yeah. With, with the Archelon in the turtle. By, with the turtle in the turtle. With the turtle in the turtle. Um, With this one, I feel like the side plot with the rainbow faces, they managed to weave it in a little bit less clunky. That is my... I My, my, my uh, uh, smallest issue is with them. Yeah. They are... Smallest issue in the entire show is with them mm-hmm. because there's plenty of other stuff to be yeah. annoyed with yeah. and to nitpick at. And I feel like if if they would have done like some of my nitpicks with other stuff in this in this movie is because of um, a few animation choices that they make that they do it enough that I'm like y- you talk about the wings. Yes. Yeah. The wing, the I issue have a, that I have they a have about the wings, because mm-hmm, that's not a thing. That's not how no. pterosaur wings work. No, and considering <laughs> that we've never seen it in any of the previous ones, granted the other ones were uh, the first movie has it a little bit. I will have to see evidence of mm-hmm. that because I don't believe you. Yeah, I feel like first, I would have noticed that the first movie has it a tiny bit, but everything else is so good that you don't notice it. Okay. Whereas with this. There's an it's jarring. Yeah, with this it's jarring when it happens. Um and it shouldn't happen, but yeah, I <sighs> this one I will say is higher up this viewing than it usually is for me because I'm older and cuz when I first watched it as a kid, I thought it was just weird and I didn't understand why the rainbow faces were suddenly aliens and rewatching it, I'm like, oh, 
okay, they do a good job of establishing. It's just that I hadn't seen enough media like that as a kid to get what they were coming from with it. I have severely mixed feelings about it. Oh, I we, have mixed but, feelings about it, too. But we can but, talk about it. I have mixed feelings about it, too, but it's just more... I Because I have seen all of them, <laughs> I know where this goes. <laughs> mm. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, because we're on number eight, but they get really We're bad. on seven. Oh, but, sorry. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, I know where this is going. <laughs> You don't yet. No, no, you will, I don't. You will look back fondly on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember when the least dumb thing in the series was alien dinosaurs? Well, I mean, alien dinosaurs after other stuff that happens. I'm like, sure, why the fuck not? Sure, why not? <laughs> All right. Maybe we... that explains the shitty physics in this universe. Uh, which I'll, I, have, I, have, I have paragraphs well, to talk about. Well, because I'm starting to sit here going, is this sort of... they don't have the guts to say that they broke physics and really the great valley is purgatory uh, and that's why things can happen <laughs> like sarah trapped in a mud bubble or you know, this, ducky this, being stretched to where uh, sometimes with yeah with, with, or littlefoot grabbing onto a branch with his tail to hold on to try the and adults grab. mm-hmm. grabbing onto things mm-hmm. with their tail their non-existent prehensile yeah. tails uh, Maybe it does work in the physics of this universe, and, and they just haven't you know, been gutsy enough to tell us those are the rules. <laughs> some of those things bother me least. Than, so so we'll talk about it, but one of the issues that does bother me in this is you mm-hmm. have these, these characters, the Rainbow Faces, mm-hmm. who are very obviously highly intelligent because, yeah. spoilers, they're aliens. Yeah. And they have space travel, so they're much more intelligent than any living thing mm-hmm. on Earth. Uh, when they give advice that is physically impossible, Mm -hmm. or at least, at least playing by their own rules, highly, 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 highly unlikely, highly improbable, that bothers me when you have a character who's supposed to be established as Mm -hmm. not supremely wise, but, but, uh, incredibly intelligent, giving... physically impossible tasks. I have a really fucked up idea with it that we'll get to when we go there on what they were doing. Just trolling. Hey, let's see if this... Okay. Well, it goes along with my uh, theory that if aliens visit, they're more going to be doing, like, safari stuff and, like, they tag a human with a radio (laughs) tracker to see what they're doing and just Mm. like, ha-ha, look at this idiot. Let's put him here and see what this idiot does. (laughs) Does this work on a human? Can you imagine... How hor- Oh my god, I just thought of a funny skit with that. You get, like, aliens who abduct... It's like the version of cow tipping, mm-hmm. but they just abduct a human, then drop them in a country completely removed from where they're from, and just laugh. Yeah, just see. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of what we do with some bird species and some other animal species. Where we relocate them? Yeah, and it's like... Like with uh, corvids, you know, we find out that they have dialects in each area. You can't just take a raven from Colorado and take him to England. They speak two different languages. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, <laughs> you suck at bird talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speak that, just an example of that. I think I've told you this story when I was working at a, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but I'll avoid it just. In case, when I worked at a major pizza chain mm-hmm. when I was a young man, 
uh, I had a coworker who was from Honduras, and he was mm-hmm. a pizza driver, and his English was terrible, but mm-hmm. he at least could speak some English, and he talked about he learned English by watching TV, and he, <sighs> and he hated the Mexicans in Utah because the Mexicans in Utah were mean to him because he was from Honduras. So mm-hmm. like you get some of that, that hierarchy between yeah. the different Latinx yeah. communities, but he would talk about that. He would speak Spanish to, to, uh, Hispanics in Utah and they would tell him his Spanish sucks. And he'd be like, fuck you. My Spanish is perfect. Your Spanish sucks. <laughs> so that you talking about moving Corvids to different locations mm-hmm. made me kind of think of that. Mm-hmm. Even if they're speaking the same language, there's still dialect differences. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, enough tangents aside. Well, we're getting stuff out to get in the background <laughs> of some of our own views before we get into the notes. All right. The notes for this show. Yes, we took notes for you. I take notes every show. Yes. Otherwise, it would be like, okay, why don't you talk about it? And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> the Land Before Time 7, The Stone of Cold Fire. <laughs> this one opens up. Instead, with, like, the forging of the universe as we've seen before in previous ones, it's just like, hey, the galaxy is here. Isn't that cool? Anyways, we get a really, really annoying narrator, who I assume is one of the new characters, talks like a moron and is like, Blinky, blinky lights were in big dark with stuff. But this... But then I realize that this mystery narrator actually is fucking Petrie. Yes. (laughs) And they start saying that before all the other dinosaurs exist the flyers live and that they were the supreme apex rulers of the dinosaur world mm-hmm. and we see that petrie is taking a page from sarah and he's become a complete racist and thinks that his species <laughs> is the best anyways sarah is like bullshit flyers are flyers are the best uh, flyers are not the best you flappy little bastard where did you hear such nonsense and petrie is like my disgraced uncle, who is not around because of unspecified reasons, told me so. And we're all left to speculate what horrible, horrible thing Petrie's uncle did to get kicked out of the herd. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, while Sarah talks about Petrie's, uh, pterodactophile uncle, <laughs> the others notice a wandering herd. So I made those jokes. Uh, I made those jokes before <laughs> before what happens later. So, I might be a judgmental asshole who jumps to certain conclusions, <laughs> but sometimes I'm a right judgmental asshole who jumps to certain mm-hmm. conclusions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the others notice that there is a wandering herd who has moved in from the cold lands, passing through to rest and recuperate before moving on. Sarah is like, fuck. Those moochers eating our food and then leaving. I hate immigrants. God damn. And then we start to hear the adults calling all the other kids to come back to their respective nests. During the sleepy time, when the big bright is gone and the tiny brights are out, baby... (laughs) Baby... I mean, that's how they explain stuff, right? Baby Step sees a flying rock that's on fire and is like, Holy shit, the title just flew by. (laughs) The next morning, the adults are like, Baby Steps must have gotten into the golden flowers again. He was tripping hard and said that he saw a flying rock. And Baby Steps gets mad and is all, I know what I saw. Don't, I didn't imagine it. And then these two blue-striped, rainbow-faced fuckers come in to be like, How dare you all think that this boy is lying? Have you seen all there is to see? Hmm? If so, then we'll just 
Go and consider this series over. No further mysteries to unravel. Oh, you haven't? Okay, well, let us sing a song about the mysterious beyond and what's beyond the mysterious beyond. And they do sing. Beyond the mysterious beyond. And it is not about... past the smallest light that's twinkling. You cannot even have an inkling of what's going on. For example, there's this enormous black... And he's about to give the secret of, there's a black hole in the middle of our galaxy. (laughs) We have two... uh, We have a... a, I assume male and female. uh, Yes. uh, Or at least they're presenting male and female for the purposes purposes of their mission yeah and so these two and their partners and the male wants to tell more than he should and the female Mm -hmm. is always like stop it you're saying too much yeah and that's when he wants to tell them too much you know about Mm -hmm. space but yes so the beyond the mysterious beyond is a good song Mm -hmm. i will not criticize that all it does is make me realize that every time we watch one of these there is potential for it yeah. to be good, which is what makes it so much more frustrating when it's like you have good aspects and then a lot of crappy stuff. Like it has really good moments in it, like if stars can fall and rocks can fly and mountains catch on fire, we can set our sights beyond the sky or maybe even higher beyond the mysterious beyond Trust in your own imagination. You are a part of the creation of all that lies beyond the mysterious beyond. And it's 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 a really it's a good, good song. song. It's a, it's a good everybody song. Everybody sings it well. They have good harmonies. They it's like they it's like they cared. Yeah, it's yeah. like they cared with this one. And I'm just sitting here like this had the most potential. And it showed that they had the most potential for a good musical number because, not just that, he leads into it because he can't explain the mystery or what's beyond the mysterious beyond in the any other too way. High, so he had to yeah, sing. Yeah, he had to sing. And when you think about dinosaurs and birds, it does make sense that it's like, okay, let me break it down to you in a way that you understand because you're all you're all uh, archosaurs. Let's you're all archosaurs. Let's. Uh, sing this because that's what archosaurs are good at is singing generally mm. yeah fair even even condors have a call <laughs> i mean it's they don't have a syrinx so they can't do singing but they have a language <laughs> as we have learned unfortunately it's a very complex language sounds like someone needs a lozenge well it it's hard to speak it sometimes <laughs> but that's like, why I have you for a translator. Yeah, sometimes you can get your <laughs> messed with your <laughs> and yeah, my, stuff like that. My so. eyes would have been pecked out long ago if I didn't mm-hmm. have you. It's really tough. So, after the song, Papa Tops, I hate saying that. <laughs> Daddy Tops. Daddy Tops. Ugh, that doesn't make it any better. Daddy I mean. Tops is worse. Yeah. I don't don't wanna, worry. I'm going to call him Papa. He's going to get a name and I think Three movies. I mean, you know, if I I already have it in my notes here, but I'll try and remember to call him Senior Tops. That will work better. <laughs> but yes, I hate saying Daddy Tops. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's horrible. Papa Tops is like, I don't like things that I can't understand. Like this stone of cold fire. Fire can't be cold. 
I wish I could introduce him to hot ice, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Papa Tops tells the rainbow-faced strangers that he hates them and that they should go away. Baby Steps is like, but I know where it fell. We can go to it. And Papa Tops complains some more about how the strangers are filling the young ones' heads with nonsense. Papa Tops stomps off after putting his foot down, and g Big Steps comes in all, Baby Steps, you're embarrassing us in front of the immigrant caravan. Maybe... <laughs> maybe stop your rantings until the strangers leave. I hate being embarrassed in front of people I don't have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, one bit that happens, too, with the stone of cold fire, in quotes, is uh, the rainbow faces kind of plant the idea of maybe there's something oh, right. special about it. That's right. Well, they say, they what was it they say? Because uh, Baby Steps has talked about how he saw, you know, they've talked about they've seen flying rocks before it's nothing mm-hmm. you know special and he's like this one was different and that's when you know the the, the uh, rainbow faces come in and they're like oh how do you know it's not something it could even be a stone of cold fire and they're like a stone of cold fire and he's like yes they're you know magical things you know he, mm-hmm. he's the yeah you're absolutely right he's the quest giver who who gives yes. the idea that there might be something special about this rock and that's where my first thought that this entire thing is some experimentation and that they needed someone to do a catalyst to see if they could urge everybody to do something. And it's a sociology experiment on these dinosaurs, and it's fucked up. Uh, it implies that the scientific body that governs these rainbow faces either has no control over their interfering of, of uh, less developed civilizations, or... They just all don't give a shit, and it's kind of like, hey, just go do whatever. Or Mr. Rainbow Face is about to receive one hell of a reprimand when he gets back. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> the the female Rainbow Face is like, don't fucking tell yeah. them anything. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. What are you doing? The female Rainbow <laughs> Face is constantly at the other one being like, you're saying too much. You're saying things that you shouldn't be saying you know? yeah you're, you're telling yeah you're telling things you're doing things you shouldn't be doing yeah. to the point where by the end she's like fuck it oh and one thing we didn't mention is that it's mentioned by the the migrating herd that the rainbow faces have been with them for a little while they were just mm-hmm. kind of migrating with them and that they're strange and nobody knows much about them yeah so they're they're very uh, uh ambiguous and very yeah. mysterious but anyways the group disperses and the kids wander away Baby Steps complaining about how no one believes him. And suddenly, Petrie's uh, pterodactophile uncle comes in with a heavy bad touch vibe. He scoops up Petrie, literally scoops up Petrie, and is all, Oh, Petrie, surely you recognize your creepy uncle Tyranno. And Petrie is like, Uh Uh-huh, we're within 500 yards of a school. I I don't think you're allowed here. That's really funny, considering the next one. <laughs> and creepy Uncle Tyranno is like, never mind that. I'm so intrigued by this stone of cold fire you saw, and I want to help you find it. Sarah tries to be like, we don't trust you. And Tyranno shoots back with an, aw, your old three horns daughter. I see the stick of your ass gets passed down too. <laughs> And as the other kids try to tell Tyranno that they're not interested in his help, his two buddies, Ra- uh, Rankus and... Rinkus. C- Rinkus. Oh, 
Dang it. I spelled that wrong every single time. I did Rankus. Think Ramphorankus. Okay, that's not a good... <laughs> I'll try and remember Rinkus and not Rankus. Rinkus and Sierra... Two, it's a Sierra Dactylus. Two other species of pterosaur fly in to be like, Ooh, we're super trustworthy and not at all on a watch list for our private activities. <laughs> the kids remind the three creepy, surely the villains of our movies, adults, that one, they don't want their help, and two, they're still too close to a school zone. And <laughs> their van with candy spray painted on the side is a dead giveaway. <laughs> The kids leave the scene, and the three flying lizards vocalize how they indeed are the baddies, and how they want the Stone of Cold Fire for reasons. Mm -hmm. We don't know why. They just know they want it. Not yet, at least. Yeah. Onward, the scene changes to g and G-Ma Big Steps in the sex lake when Baby Steps... <laughs> when Baby Steps slips... When Baby Steps slips on a hill and slides into the water, ruining their moment. <laughs> the Grands ask Baby Steps what's up, and Baby Steps tells the adults that Petrie's creepy uncle and his creepy friends were creeping on them, and then Jeepa loses his mind and is like, That son of a bitch is back in the valley? I'm gonna stomp him into jelly! And Jima is like, Now calm down, you haven't even seen him, and he's already making your blood pressure rise. Jeepa apologizes, but reminds Jima that Tyranno is a fucking prick who apparently almost got lots of the adults killed when they were venturing in when they were venturing to the Great Valley. Jeepa tells Baby Steps that he has good instincts for not liking Tyranno on sight, and that he's a blowhard who should not be trusted. They talk about how he thinks he always knows what's best, and he's not to be trusted, mm -hmm. and he'll lie, and he's always scheming, yeah, stuff like that. But they don't. They won't tell what they won't, happened. They won't give the backstory yet. They're always doing, oh, we'll tell you when you're older. And Littlefoot's like, why do and I always have to wait to be older? Why can't you tell me the important events that I need to know before I'm in a life or death situation? Yeah, and <laughs> it's one of those things that the lesson with this, I feel not just as towards kids, but as towards the parents watching the movie with the kids. If they are. If they but, are. But yeah, I, it's... it's Tell you, they should talk, be. talk to your children. Yeah, talk to your children, tell them why, because if they don't know why, they don't understand. And it's it's <laughs> very... Because it, this movie, and I, I kind of had the aha moment watching it a little bit too, is the main plot was very uncomfortable to me as a kid for reasons that I'm not comfortable sharing on the podcast, but I'll just say that I... It never got super bad, but it could have. Mm -hmm. And uh, the danger might be coming from yeah, inside the, the house. The danger was coming from inside the house, and luckily, it never got to the point where it gets with a lot of kids. But like, this is something that is such an important lesson, and I'm glad that the first half of the movie does that. Unfortunately, the second half fucks it up. Yeah, but Big time. the way that it's handled in the first half of the movie is very realistic because a lot of parents will be like, oh, no, you can't hang out with my brother or you can't hang out with your grandfather unless one of us is with you or you can't. No, you can't go over to the Thompson's house, you know, without yeah. one of us being over there. With yeah. You. Yeah. And they won't tell you why. And um, until you're older, but sometimes it's too late. it's too late and it will have already happened 
and then you have to deal with the betrayal of trust, not just from the adult that hurt you, but also from the adults who could have told you sooner, this is why you really don't want to go over there alone. And it, it's it's just very, like, I don't want to, like, blame parents for it, but it's more of a, you need to be very open with your kids about these serious issues and about why. It's one of those things when I was a kid, my mom uh, would try to be really open about some things because she didn't want that to happen. But there were other times where, like, I didn't know until I was older why I wasn't allowed to see certain people. And then it was like, oh, I kind of wish I had known because at first I was like, well, why won't you let me see why them? Why are you being mean? Yeah. I want to go see someone. Yeah, and that's where Petrie's at, at the whole first half that's, of this that's, movie. That's excellent. And that's an excellent way so of putting you, it. And so you feel for Petrie mm-hmm. as an adult, and as a kid you're kind of feeling for him too, but as a kid it doesn't click for you because you may not have been told yet either why that relative can't be trusted because we've seen with petrie and his interactions with his uncle is his uncle is like his hero yeah he thinks his uncle is this brave adventurer who's done all these amazing things and has all these great stories Mm -hmm. he doesn't know that his 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 uncle who's his hero is a creep because Mm -hmm. his mom hasn't told him yeah what's interesting is the times we see petrie interacting with his uncle when his mom's near she side eyes his his uncle too yeah but she doesn't she doesn't yeah and it doesn't want to ruin that 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 love you know i guess and the way that they handle it it's i it's one of the big positives for this movie for the first half they handle it so realistically like yeah it's dinosaurs doing it but put that with human kids that's something that happens and that is such a deep lesson and it's i always think that parents should be watching these movies with their kids anyway because it's great to have morals in movies but a lot of times they go over the kids head still so you need an adult to kind of sit and talk with them afterwards it's why i feel like i don't like the park your kid in front of a tv method of parenting because if they're just getting it (laughs) mean modern parenting (laughs) But, like, as long as TV's been around, there have been parents that do that. And it's the same thing with, like, uh, letting your kids just do whatever without any context, without any conversations, and then you wonder why X, Y, or Z happened. I mean, I was... You've got to talk to your fucking kids. I was kind of that babysitter to an extent, but Mm -hmm. I never... Then again, the media that I was putting on for my sister, I knew what was in it type mm-hmm. of thing. I'd already seen it, but it was also so that, you know, to immobilize her so that I could go and it was make her and lunch. Colors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, mm-hmm. I, I knew that like if I had Teletubbies on for her, yeah. I had 20 minutes to like use the bathroom and mm-hmm. make us some food and she would still be there when yeah. I came and, and lights and colors is a different yeah. thing because yeah. lights and colors, you're not expecting anything deeper, but with movies like these... They're trying to teach a moral, even if they do it shittily. And the thing, it's great when a show does that, but you've got to have someone there to help translate it to the kid because kids don't always get the lesson. Um, Like, I mean, that's, you know, my mom let me watch a lot of movies that most kids couldn't, but that's because she would sit me down and we would have a discussion before and then we would have a discussion after. (laughs) And it was... It was very much like, 
you know, okay, well, this is what you're going to see, and this is what it's going to tell or talk about, and this part isn't necessarily correct, but they have a good lesson here, and this is what it is. And ba 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 ba. Well, I remember there would be times when I was a kid that I might, if I was watching something or mm. if I'd heard something, I would ask my parents something, and if it was something that was maybe too mature that they weren't sure if they would tell me, they would say, "Now I can tell you." But for, you know, great example would be I remember asked my dad. I don't remember what it was I asked my dad, mm -hmm. but I asked him a question. He said, "Now I can tell you the answer, but it's about sex stuff. Do you mm -hmm. want to hear the answer?" And I remember being being like, "No, I don't." Yeah, like, yeah. And so I was like, "Okay, I know that this thing mm -hmm. is sex related." Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I I will say one thing because uh, this is kind of going back to like the lesson with this. Um, my parents told me about one of my dad's brothers and they were pretty open about that they never told me about my dad's father mm. and about why it, like they told me why i couldn't be why i couldn't ever see my dad's brother and they also started to tell me why they i couldn't see my dad's mom but they never told me until i was older why i couldn't be alone with my dad's dad mm -hmm. and it was very upsetting to find out later because I did idolize him because you had positive memories. Yeah, I had that positive memories about tainted him. by that. Yeah, condition. and it's one of those like I. It, that's why this one in the first half hits me harder. Again, the second half fucks up the lesson. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you award winner. <laughs> True. All right, so. That aside, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's all good. I had to. I had to step in about this lesson because it's, it's it's sort of it's it's the best that they've ever done with a moral in one of these so far. It's pretty up there. It's yeah, because they they're Cause moral... it's actually tackling a more serious yeah. and relevant issue. Yeah, you know, the only other one that got close was the third movie. With the don't abuse your kid because oh, yes. they're going to abuse someone shit, below them. Shit trickles downhill. Yeah. If, you're, if you're shitty to your kid, they're going to turn around and be shitty to someone Yeah, else. and I don't count that one in the same level because that one wasn't tackled as the main moral. It wasn't, no. Even it was, though it should have been. It was, it was a really good moral that was, that was relegated to a side moral yeah. rather than being something more of a focus. Yeah. And it, 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 it could have been much better as a focus, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. The scene changes to Tyranno talking to Petrie and his siblings and telling them some bullshit story about facing off against a sharp tooth. Petrie's mom tries to call the kids back inside and his uncle snatches him to have a word and uh, he puts his wings around mm -hmm. Petrie mm -hmm. and the scene goes immediately to the other kids who are playing a game and Petrie shows <laughs> up with a very obviously troubled and sad look on his face yeah you, you people listening so you know you've seen this in animation before where a character will have a smile on their face but their eyes are sad mm -hmm. that was petrie in this mm -hmm. he was very obviously upset like i said this show is upsetting uh -huh. in how accurate they portray this you know what Petrie's thinking. And this isn't even like a sexual abuse no, th thing. No, this is not This a... is just any sort of... I make pedophile jokes yeah. in this, but Petrie's he... uncle is not a pedophile. No. But he definitely gives off 
the creepy uncle yeah. vibes. What he's doing, though, is something that is counter to Petrie's morals, and he's making Petrie go against his own morals. Mm-hmm. To, as a favor to yeah, his uncle. Yeah, as a favor his to favorite his... favorite uncle. Yeah. His hero. Yeah. He's and making somebody not be themselves in order to do a favor to somebody that they idolize. Yeah, and that's fucking abuse. Yeah, it is That abuse. is... That is... Ugh. Man, this one hits close to home. <laughs> So yes, uh, Petrie is very obviously troubled and has a sad look on his face, and I want to hand Petrie a doll and ask him where Tyranno touched him. Mm. He almost spit water. Yes, I did. Tyranno is so creepy. Anyways, Thag wins the pinecone bowling game that they're playing, and Petrie is like, Oh, hey, speaking of stones, I'd sure like to see that stone of cold fire. And the others are like, uh... No, your uncle is a creep, and our respective adults told us n- to stay away from him. Mm-hmm. Petrie loses his shit over his friends not trusting his uncle, and he flies away crying. And right into his uncle's wings, who is like, There, there, Petrie, tell me all about it. <sighs> and he wraps his wings around Petrie and gives him this really creepy look. And yeah. The, and the scene changes. Yeah, that was... Like I said, this one is targeted at both <laughs> sets of audiences watching it. They they front load the creepy adult vibes in this. They do, because it's something that the parents also can easily latch onto because they know what that is, because they've had the experience or they've had the life experience, even if they personally didn't. Maybe they knew someone who did. The kids don't understand that yet. They and maybe the kids will see Toronto and being like oh well i don't see the problem until later and then it clicks for them maybe it didn't for me right away because you know i was a kid and i don't think i watched this one with my mom when i was younger because i would have been 12 your mom also falls asleep during movies so yes she does if you were your mom probably would have been like oh god this is boring and yeah yeah but my daughter likes it so yeah and so it's it's ah they do such a good job with such a dark fucking lesson yeah at the beginning at the beginning and then they fuck it up and then they fuck it up they fuck it up so bad It's so funny. <laughs> Classic life for time direct the video sequel fucking up. Okay. The scene changes to that night, and for some reason, all the residents of the Great Valley are in a big cuddle pile with the immigrant caravan. And, <laughs> and while all the different dinos are sleeping next to each other, Ducky wakes up before she hears Tyranno and his goons talking about their evil plan at full volume. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the cuddle pile at night. Apparently, Tyranno wants the stone because he's got delusions of grandeur and thinks that the stone will give him the power that he craves. The power to somehow lead the herd and be king of the Great Valley? They just, they think that the stone is magic and it'll give him powers. Mm -hmm. It's not really explained more than that. I don't know how or why the stone would do this, but uh, it's a kid's movie, and thinking the stone is magical is one of the least dumb plots that we've encountered. Which part of that's because the Rainbow Faces planted, planted that seed because, well, Mr. Rainbow Face planted the seed. True. <laughs> because he's a but very the, unethical researcher. But that's the thing that makes me laugh, too, is they, they give very vague... Uh, 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 descriptions of what the Stone of Cold Fire what might be. Yeah. So the bad guys just 
make up in their own heads what it'll mm-hmm. do for them. That's why I think it's a sociology experiment that he decided to do. And she's just like, it, Lady Rainbow Face is like, you have to stop. This was our last chance. Stop it. <laughs> Anyways, I hope I get reassigned when we go back. <laughs> I will have a word with the High Council when we return to the mothership. Anyways, while yelling at while yelling his master plan out loud, Tyranno's henchman spots Ducky, who is spying on them. Wait, does it count as spying if you're just within earshot of people talking about crimes <laughs> out loud? Oh god, Tyranno is just another GQP moron spouting nonsense out loud and thinking that he's a sly genius. Fuck, our reality is as stupid as the seventh installment of a direct-to-video children's movie. GQP? Yeah. The Grand Q Party. Fucking Christ. Think about it. They oh, say God. incredibly stupid things out loud. Just think think about think about the last idiot in charge, how he would oh, commit God. crimes. Oh my god. Blatantly. I just I wasn't sure what GQP Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen that. In... No, I haven't, because I've I've sort of tried to. Well, that's right. You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't. You don't spelunk in the dark recesses of Nazi Twitter like I do. No, I just get into. Uh, well, I don't get into it, but I watch Therianthropy arguments and sit there and go, "I really want to say shit, but I don't want people finding the podcast." But then I go, "Well." That's why Whatever. I don't mention anything about our podcast on my private Twitter account, and I just go in Yeah, I, sh- I should have fight, followed that. Fight assholes. Anyways. I should have followed that. <laughs> now I have to be good on my Twitter. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, I'm slowly... The, the worlds are colliding slowly, so... <laughs> Uh, I mean, if Nazis found our podcast and review bombed it, it would just be like, yeah, but you're a fucking Nazi. So. And that's kind of the way that I've been with some of the folks that Eat I would shit have been and blow the ghost arguing with. <sighs> okay. If, wow. Tangents. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Ducky gets spotted and Ducky napped and the trio of baddies fly off while Ducky screams and screams and wakes up everyone in the valley. <laughs> everyone sees Tyranno and his criminal friends committing crimes and Petrie is in denial that his super-friendly uncle who gives him special hugs could be doing something bad. <laughs> you know what? Tarazzo no. gives me the best special hugs. They tickle. <laughs> Petrie's also a little bit like the diehard supporters who said that they were super Christian, oh. trying to reconcile. Reconcile with, how uh, they support the yeah. most unchristlike wow, people. Wow, this has it. so many fucking layers. Uh, this is like a lasagna uh, of a movie. Uh, I miss lasagna. Shitty, <laughs> shitty lasagna. I miss lasagna so much. <laughs> Surely there must be a misunderstanding. Yeah, so uh, 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 Petrie's in denial that his uncle could be doing something bad. Surely there must be a misunderstanding. But no, Petrie's mom gets ready to tell her son the terrible, terrible kind of sort of secret about Tyranno. God damn it. I have his name in here <laughs> and I want to pronounce the P when I get into my notes. Paterano. Paterano. But the scene cuts <laughs> the scene cuts away to the villains flying away with Ducky in their grasp. Petrie catches up and is like, let her go. And Tyranno's goons smack Petrie out of the air and to his death. <laughs> but he lands in the water and apparently is fine 
Baby Steps swoops in and scoops up Petrie from the water that he landed in, and Petrie's okay. Baby necks or baby steps saves. Uh, <laughs> the next morning, the adults are gathered and they're like, "Gah, Tyranno, that bastard! How could the kids be so stupid to be fooled by him?" And then they're reminded that the kids were not around when Tyranno did his bad thing. And the adults, led by Jeepa, tell how tell about how Tyranno was an ass clown who led a bunch of the herd to their deaths when everyone was looking for the Great Valley. But Tyranno, in classic ass clown tradition that we've seen in recent years mm-hmm. in the real world, <sighs> doesn't accept any responsibility for the needless death that his ineptitude caused. After the story is done, and the adults then are like, someone has to save Ducky! Well, and Petrie even does a whole, well, it's not their fault, it's not Tyranno's fault they couldn't fly. Yeah, because Tyranno, you know, he's, he's leading them away, and he basically leads mm-hmm. them into a canyon that's a nest for sharp teeth. Yeah. And all of the herbivores either get killed or fall to their death or are eaten or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they so, show, like, they one show get, battle, yeah. Yeah, they show it, and... The one that uh, sticks with Toronto the most is the hadrosaur falling off the cliff. Yeah. And that's comes back later. But then, they, you know, Toronto goes back to the herd, and, and in the story, they're like, he never told us what happened to the others. All he said was it wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. And then Petrie's like, well, it's not his fault that the others could fly, that they're an inferior species. One day, the flyers will reclaim their mantle of dominant <laughs> species. <laughs> Ow! Who's, who's, uh, who's... Uh, Clade is going to be dying out before like who who's not going to have any remnants Petrie <laughs> any remnants at all at least the den- the other denizens of the Great Valley have theropods passing on their lineage remember there are probably people who still think that tyrannosaurs are the descendants or birds are the descendants of tyrannosaurs hello listeners <laughs> Kay here tyrannosaurs are not dinosaurs Birds are dinosaurs, but tyrannosaurs are not dinosaurs. Pterosaurs are not dinosaurs. Why did I say tyrannosaurs? Pteranodon, all those pterosaurs, they're not. They're not dinosaurs, folks. They're not. They lived at the time of dinosaurs. Yes, and they're archosaurs. They are archosaurs, but not all archosaurs are dinosaurs. But all dinosaurs are archosaurs, including birds. Hashtag birds are the best reptiles. (laughs) So yes, anyway, they're like, somebody has to save Ducky, but then they don't. (laughs) But then they don't, like, hatch a plan until Baby Steps hatch. Because, okay. I thought that was a pun on purpose. No, that's a... I guess I could say formulate a plan, but hatch was just what came to mind when I was typing this out. But yes, they don't, after they're like, we have to save Ducky, they don't then hatch a plan to tell and tell Baby Steps to lead them to where the stone fell. So the kids, on their own, are like, fuck it, we'll save Ducky. Well, we'll save Ducky ourselves. And they run off. But the Rainbow Faces see the kids and they're like, hmm, they have potential, but the Prime Directive says we can't even, can't interfere. Even though we've been interfering, apparently, (laughs) since we've been traveling with this wandering herd and shit, but plot doesn't matter in these movies, remember? Every aspect is a first draft. (laughs) I mean, they can, they can kind of hide and try to blend in, but then if they start to, like, go past blending in, it's kind of like when you're doing a nature documentary. 
you can sit there and follow the animals, but you can't go in and, like, help the animal that you're documenting. You have to let nature happen. Which these it assholes sucks. do not do. Yeah, these these guys don't. Well, specifically, they, they, Mr. Rainbow they Face They interject, doesn't. call the natives mm. dumb, and mm. then tell them, hey, there's magic that exists. Go yeah. find the magic. It's it's the it's all on the male, because the female tries really <laughs> oh, hard. Oh, oh, here we go oh, with no, the I'm male just I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. I'm just like, kidding. the female one is probably the higher ranking officer, and is probably like, you motherfucker. Mm. It's... <laughs> That or else, like, she's, maybe they're on... I imagine they're partners, and they're not necessarily higher level. I mean, maybe, maybe, but at the same time, if she is the, say, the, the captain, the one mm. in charge, he's insubordinate as fuck. Yes, that's true. Or, they're from different departments, and there's an interdepartmental rivalry, and he's on sociology, whereas she's on biology, <laughs> and she's just like, you motherfucker, you are ruining my research, and he's like, no, I'm I'm enabling it. So Joe could say, she's from legal and trying to keep him within compliance. <laughs> but anyways, onward, the three amigos of evil land for rest, <laughs> and is it Rinkus? Yes. Rinkus is like, gah, I hate this little yup-yup thing, it's so annoying. And the baddies end up fighting amongst themselves, and Sierra gets knocked off a cliff. And when they go to, uh, and when the others go to get him, Ducky tries to scramble away. The villains give chase, and Ducky falls through solid rock. It's similar solid to solid yeah, rock. It, the rock is like eight inches thick. It happens in the first movie with Petrie, when the Littlefoot li- the first lightest animal falls yes. through rock. Yes, it happens in the first movie when Littlefoot first meets Petrie and flings him and he goes crashing through rock and creates a hole in the rock. I don't know why I remember that. I didn't remember that. I guess it's because I love that movie and I didn't re- want to remember things that make me go, it, It's one of those things that's the more I'm going, maybe they are being consistent with physics and maybe... Oh. Maybe the physics in this land before time, maybe they all died in the earth shake. <laughs> maybe the rock is made of peanut brittle, and that's why it breaks. <laughs> or it's uh, the thin as shit crust. And... But it's not thin. Like, they show it. It's, like, well, thick. You, you know what I mean, though. Like, it's it's fragile crust. It's, it's like... But that's the thing I don't get, too, is that Ducky's the one that falls through, but the adult pterosaurs sit on top of it, and they're fine. They don't break through it. It's <laughs> the physics in this is I'm thinking about this yeah baby dinosaurs are as dense as little black holes and so that's why but they so, also when necessary can lose all of that density to oh be god. trapped inside of a oh bubble god you haven't read alloy of law no i haven't and that is literally something that can be done is is storing your man okay i'm not gonna is it uh, in Z space? Does it go to Z space? Because if not, then I don't want to hear about it's it. It's called ferrochemy. Uh, fer- like, like there's alchemy, and there's so so the magic system in that series is metal based, and I could I'm gonna talk about this way too much if we start talking. Okay. So 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 a side tangent. Brandon Sanderson's a great uh, fantasy writer, and everybody should read the Mistborn trilogy, and then there's companion novels afterwards that's uh, uh, in the future and stuff is different. And read those too. Uh, <laughs> please notice me, Brandy Sandy. You are so... He, hey, <laughs> I, I gave you the book that he signed for you. And he lo- he, he was very sweet. Of, and he, and he said that I have an awesome fiancé. Yes, it was before yes, we got married. Yes. And so, yes, Brandy Sandy, uh, 
Morin likes you. That that's very, Morin. Very much. Very much so. Uh so yes, uh Ducky tries to scramble away, the villains give chase, and Ducky falls through solid rock into a cavern and is presumed dead. But nope nope, Ducky is alive. <laughs> but does but does fall into some cave water, and some ominous shadows lurk in the distance. Ominous rainbow faced shadows. Yes. It's very clearly their outline. Yeah, it's very clear. Like, I don't know if they were trying to be like, oh no, is there sharp teeth in the cage? Or in the cave? But you see them and you're immediately like, oh, that's the rainbow. That's them. So I guess it's more to be like, why are they following them? What's going on if you're not in the know that they're aliens yet? Because little kids wouldn't know right away unless they watched a Uh, lot of uh, that material. Because again, you're more towards kids. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back at the rest of the baby gang, they reach the cavern, and the only way to cross are some vines that stretch the vast distance. Sarah has a moment of meta-lucidity and is like, this shit sucks. Every time we leave the valley, we end up in danger, trying to cross a canyon, and I'm always in back, getting attacked by something. So this time, I'm in front, so I'm not in danger. And the others are like, okay. And they set out across the vine bridge. If it can be described as such. So I want to tell you something that just happened when you said okay. It made my phone think you said the okay G word and started saying everything that you were saying. <laughs> like typing That's it out fantastic. and I had to stop it before it tried to do something. Okay, Google. Tell no. K that they are sexy, beautiful, and wonderful and I want to Wait. touch their butt. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Warren. What did it do? Okay, I think I, I think I stopped it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's funny because all I said was okay. I don't know. Oh, okay. Didn't, didn't, uh, I don't know what caused it. I don't know if it just turned the cadence of the way you were speaking or something, but it did it. Okay, and then set out across. I didn't do it that time. No. Okay. Anyways, they set out across the vine bridge, if it can be described as that, and as they're crossing. Fag gets hungry and eats the only load-bearing flower on the vine, <laughs> well, holding up the bites I- through the vine. <laughs> he bites through the vine, but he sees a flower and he's just <laughs> and takes a big old chomp out of the vine that's holding them above the canyon of certain mm-hmm. death, causing the others to almost fall to their deaths. But luckily, they swung into the very same cave that Ducky is hiding in, and the gang is reunited at last. Petrie tries to apologize to Ducky for his horrible, HORRIBLE uncle, and Ducky is at like, Actually, he's the least horrible out of those horrible assholes who almost got me killed. And then Ducky leads everyone into a song about, uh, how every bad person has some good, and even good people have some bad, which I mean, fair and balanced, but also is a tad abuser apologetic so while the song is trying to have a deep and heartfelt meaning it's uh kind of lost among a bunch of child napping potential murderers and the thing is if this song had been about a peer Mm -hmm. it would have been a fine song because it is a decent song compared to their other songs that the kids sing if this song could have been sung about the bullies from movie three yeah it would have been entirely different yeah it would have been great 
It would have been like, okay, this is... Because it's actually a better song than the song that they sing about the bullies in the third yeah. movie. The song itself is not bad. It's yeah. like, like the components itself, the song is not bad at all. Yeah. But the, the context that they're using it to try and, mm. and explain away adults who have yeah. been responsible for death mm-hmm. and are actively trying to do bad things yeah. and have kidnapped a small child yeah. and almost got her killed trying to be like, oh, they didn't mean it. Yeah. They've got some good in them. It's kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Like, yeah. yes, yes, you're not incorrect. I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, Rinkus and Sierra loved their mother and brought mm-hmm. her flowers on Mother's Day. Yeah. But they're still criminals. They're mm-hmm. still doing bad shit. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it really, that song changes the tone of everything from this point forward regarding Toronto and the kids' reactions to him. And Toronto also starts to have his, uh, uh, coming to mm-hmm. moment you know we start to see him questioning what he's doing but then he waffles a bunch yeah too. yeah so and he's he's a he's a dick and with that happening though it really ruins the message from the beginning yeah it does it really absolutely ruins does. it and it sucks because it was so good at the first half of the movie the first half of the movie is one of the best things that land before time has done in their sequels with a lesson yeah, I would agree with that. But it gets this last gets upended. part upends it, and it it makes me so angry because they had the potential mm-hmm. and they fuck it up. How many times have I said that you know this mm-hmm. could have been good if they'd have given a shit? It seems yeah. like this one they maybe gave a little bit more of a shit, mm. but in the wrong ways. I and... don't know if like the studio. I don't know if there is another draft of this because we've learned from the last one that they did have drafts of these movies. I don't know if there was another draft that had it be more like, no, this is bad and this is why and ba 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 ba. And the studio head was like, you can't do that in a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. You can do that in a kids <laughs> movie. Kids need to know that some people are assholes and they can't be redeemed. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> If you don't learn this lesson, you think that everything that Kylo Ren did in the trilogy, in the latest trilogy, is okay. And you go, ooh, ooh, poor special boy. This poor poor boy. boy. His uncle was mean to him. His uncle was mean to him. Ooh, ooh. I love this. I love this boy, and nothing is wrong with what he did ever, and there was nothing abusive that happened with him and Rey. This is me. This is Stalin. We're married. Yeah, yeah. That's the point that you get to if you don't learn the lesson from the first part easily. And you get there and go, oh, he has good inside. Yeah, sure. Sure. Still a dick. Sure. He's still a dick and he can still go fuck off. Did you guys know that Saddam Hussein wrote very feminist positive romance novels? Yeah. Still, still was a, a bastard. Horrible dictator and murderer. Uh, but yeah, very pro-feminist and wrote romance novels. Bet Hitler you had that. a dog he liked. Guess what? One of the most despicable human beings that ever existed. And I would go back and strangle baby Hitler. I love that scene in Deadpool. Oh, I would God. do it. I love it I would so do it much. without a single it. thought. I love it. I, I have issues about potentially screwing up the space-time continuum. and un, un... Some things don't need to happen. The song ends. <laughs> 
And just as everyone is like, yeah, even people who do wrong are only doing what they do because Fuck they this think song. it's right. Ah! Ah! Ducky gets snatched again by the baddies, and then Ducky bites uh, Rinkus, bites Rinkus's foot, and makes him drop her uh, to her almost death. But lucky for Ducky, she has some, <laughs> she has some ride or die friends who leap into the canyon to try and save their friend from committing, to try to save their friend from death by trying to commit suicide. Yeah, walnut-sized brains and whatnot. This so, brain can pack so many neurons in it. <laughs> but not enough to rub two brain cells together. Anyway, uh, the gang of baby heroes use a log and some vines and are able to save Ducky. And while Thag and Sarah are trying to pull the vines tied to the log back to shore, they get pulled into the water by the current and fucking water ski yep. on the river yep. as Ducky and Baby Steps ride the log. Yep. It is... It is one of those scenes that you look at and you go, that's a cartoon kid's adventure. You know what? That that scene bothers me least. Yeah. Uh, bothers me less than what happens later with the geyser. Yes. So we'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah. The geyser is... Because I at least look at the thing happening with the log and I'm like, because what happens is, the, so Ducky, or, uh, uh, Sarah and Thag are on the, the shoreline mm-hmm. and there's like some wood underneath them. Yeah. And... They're, like, pushing against, you know, trying to pull the log, but then the log pulls too much with the current. Mm-hmm. And Thag and Sarah get pulled along on the wood Yeah, underneath them, and that's what works as their water skis. Yeah. So, I have a little bit more of an ease believing that. Yes. That the, that the weight of the log plus the tautness of the vines that pulling them. I can suspend my disbelief just enough. Mm-hmm. With that, to not completely have my brain implode, but the geyser later on, yeah, I just just drives me up a wall. So, <laughs> I'm such a gripey bitch. You're fine, baby. The bad guys give chase, and when Uncle Tyranno tries to grow a moral backbone, his henchmen grab him and force him to give chase right into a cliff. Mm-hmm. The babies get away and are like, ha ha, did you see those dumb flyers do their dumb hit a cliff trick? And Petrie is like, did you see my uncle try to grow a moral backbone? He not bad. And then immediately, <laughs> then it immediately cuts to the baddies and Tyranno being like, I'm the baddie in charge. You yeah. listen to me, okay? God. And as he goes to fly, Mm-hmm. As he goes to fly, his wings, the membrane of his wings, turns transparent. Mm-hmm. And it's a stupid thing they've done. They've been doing this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Why? Why that animation choice? It's dumb, and whoever did it should be beaten to death with the very with a very very cold stone made of very hot fire. Yes. However, that works. Ugh. Meanwhile. The other adults were standing around bickering for so long they didn't even realize the children left to go save the kidnapped ducky. A horrible storm had blown in, and faced with the realization that they can't catch up to the villains, they dispatch Petrie's mom to go rescue them. You know, send a flyer to fly in a high-speed windstorm. What with the high-speed wind 
and lightning and all. Yeah, that's... I expected yeah. her to take off and just be like, ah! Get blown away. Yeah. It's like, like that poor Finch that got like, drunk at my mom's house. Yeah. And the, the, uh, uh, we just clarify on fermented yeah, berries. Yeah, fermented grapes. It was Mama, the funniest Mama fucking Kate thing. Mama put out a bowl of alcohol for the birds. <laughs> no, but she did make the vet think that that happened for a short period with well, the parents. You, your mom's a lovable troll. Yes, I love my mom. I love when she just like... <laughs> When she'll troll somebody and just do it with a straight she, face. Your mom loves to troll professionals. It is so awesome, and I think I know where I get it from. Uh, you're not. You're not as. Uh, you're not as trolly. You'll you'll do deadpan satire. I will deadpan snark a lot. Yeah. But <laughs> anyways, the scene changes to the three baddies taking refuge in a crevice during the storm. Uh, Tyranno launches into a song about how he's born to lead, and why can't everyone just accept that mm -hmm. he's destined for greatness and just listen to him about everything? Because he's a narcissist with no qualifications, but he's just certain he's the man for the job. <laughs> Sounds so fucking familiar. When I get the Stone of Cold Fire, the Great Valley will become... The Bigly Valley, and everything will be great, and there will be an even bigger wall around <laughs> the Great Valley. No sharp teeth will get into the Great Valley, except for the ones to eat these annoying kids. <laughs> I love you and hate you at the exact same I'm moment sorry. in time, and it's a conflicting feeling, but I, I love I, you more. I hate myself for that right now. <laughs> it's okay, I have my moments of doing that shit, too. Anyways, the kids find their way into a cave, and there is a bubbling pit of lava. Mm -hmm. The kids decide that they need a nap, because what better place than a volcano? Yeah, then they died of asphyxiation. <laughs> and while they're napping inside the volcano, the shadows of the rainbow faces bring them a big pile of green food. The kids wake up and scarf some greens before realizing that uh, someone brought this food to them. None of them went and got Took it. Took them a minute. The kid, I mean, they're hungry. I get yeah. it. I get it. Low blood sugar and all. Doesn't make you think clearly. Yeah. The kids see a shadow moving and they give chase and follow the shadow right into the two rainbow faces who are arguing about helping the children because prime directive and all. <laughs> Back at the baddies, Tyranno is like, ah, good. The storm is cleared up. Time to find the stone and gain ultimate power and lead the herd. I will make the Great Valley great again. <laughs> and the others God are like, damn. and the others are like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We're totally not planning to take the stone from you once we get it. We then jump back to the Rainbow Faces as they lead the kids to a geyser and feed them the tidbit that if they push. This flat rock on top of the geyser, they can ride the geyser to the top of the mountain and escape. And, uh, the kids listen to them. Yeah. And totally don't get boiled to death or crushed by the stone when it landed. And, uh, so, so I jarbled my note on this because yeah, it no, is a it, dumb, it broke dumb, your brain a little thing. bit. So they don't get... They don't get boiled to death or crushed to death. They come out on top of the mountain just fine. The kids then see the trail of the stone, the stone of cold fire, when it landed, and they follow the trail for 
a while. Yeah. And, uh, duh, I can't help but criticize how, uh, that's not how meteorites work. Like, when they impact the surface, they don't slide along the ground no. for 700 yards. They impact and make big booms. Yes. Big bada booms. And uh, so, a couple of things. First off, the skin on the feet of all of those kids should have been stuck to the rock. It's so hot. Because yeah. it gets so hot. And stone is a great conductor for yeah, heat. Yeah, it, it, this, I, I sit here and go, Mr. Rainbow Face is a fucking asshole. No, seriously. He is such an asshole. <laughs> and the way that Mrs. Rainbow Face is like, fine, whatever. And the way that they're like <laughs> puzzling it out too, because he's telling them, yes, you see, the geyser pushes it up. So what do you think? Like he, the way he's feeding them the tidbits and like trying to get them to reach the answer themselves, yeah. like a teacher kind yeah. of would. But he's doing it in this way that it's like, no, you can't. Like for one, I don't think they could have pushed that rock because no. that stone is really, really no, heavy. They wouldn't rock have is been really, really to. heavy. Even if they could have, I don't think the water force would have been great enough to lift that slab of stone Plus all the dinosaurs on top of it. No, and um, uh, it it would have if it would have done that. It, yeah. They would not have come off of the stone because yeah. they would have been cooked to the stone. And think like because this isn't a cold water geyser which no, exists. It's a volcanic. It's a volcanic hot water geyser. geyser. And first off, they should be dead from being in that volcano for as long as they for were the, like the, in that the, cavern. The noxious. Fumes. Yeah, they should have been dead from that, but they weren't. They should have like. The way that they were creating the pressure chamber, I can see the I can see the reasoning behind it. But it, even if that worked, it would kill those kids so much they would be dead well, cause before like, they left the chamber. When the geyser pushes the rock up, and them too, and they shoot out the top of the mountain, and then they have to fall and land without mm-hmm. hurting themselves mm-hmm. and then the rock comes crashing down and, and almost squishes spike and it's just one of those i'm just I'm like i know this is a kid's movie but i think I, even as a kid i'd have been like that doesn't work and that one is the next worst lesson in this because of deaths in yellowstone <laughs> so children listening that should not be listening to this episode what are you doing hey there you cool rebel children if If you go to Yellowstone, do not walk into the geysers, do not walk into the hot springs, you will boil alive. It will be the most horrible death. I mean, your nerves will die before you die, but you're... Read Deaths in Yellowstone. I believe it's chapter one. And, uh, (laughs) you'll... You'll learn why you... Why this wouldn't work. You'll learn why Littlefoot and, ga- and the gang should be fucking dead and why this is purgatory. That's what's going on in this. They are in purgatory. Yep. They all died in the first movie. The rest of these have been purgatory. <laughs> Anyways, the kids find the stone and then the baddies show up to be like, the stone is ours. Tyranno talks to the stone and is like, I am the chosen one, the leader of the world. I'm destined to make the valley great again. I'm here to absorb the stone's power and reinstate flyer supremacy. God. And nothing happens. 
Nothing at all. Except the ground. And by the ground, I mean the mountaintop, which is all rumbly and leaking hot glowing water. But before everyone can <laughs> die in a volcanic explosion, Mama Petrie shows up with a big ass flyer. Yep, a Quetzalcoatlus. Who is all... Tell me about the long necks, George. Tell me about the long necks. Yeah, I did not like that. <laughs> this reminds me of Looney Tunes. I can't remember the 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 uh, cartoon. It has to do with the rabbits, but it's like the buzzard. He's, oh, 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 Cecil, Cecil, Cecil the buzzard. But he the he shows yeah. up and he literally goes, oh. yeah. Like this this flyer shows up to save the day, and he's just, oh. yeah. I mm. it's just big and dumb. Yeah, I don't I don't like when they do that, and yeah. I especially felt that that was not necessary in this scene. Why but still gotta, high stakes. Why do you gotta make? Why do you gotta do that? Why do you gotta shit? make him dumb? Why can't he show up and be like, "Get on my back, kids. Let's get out of here." And and he just there, had to go. Ooh. And I there's there's some serious issues with that sort of portrayal because, but even even without that, it's just. This is such a tense scene. Like this is supposed to be such a tense this scene. This is supposed to be the climax of the scene. Fucking do that. This and is the climax of the scene. The bad like, guys have, are disillusioned. The heroes are on the brink of of imminent death. Mm-hmm. The 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 uh, 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 the way out shows up in just the the nick of time, and then they're just like, yeah, like literally, literally. Pisses me off! But um, I will say one thing that I like about the Stone of Cold Fire is that when they're hitting it, it's tink, tink, tink. Because it's metal. Because it's just solid metal, which I do have a theory. That's really their, like a space pod or a transmitter pod that they were supposed, that the rainbow faces needed to get to. But they like to say, hey, our mission's over. Because then they leave Maybe. shortly after, and because of what happens after they're hitting this thing over and over that shouldn't ever happen to a comet or a meteor or a well, yeah, but you're, if if you have something, because I mean, think think about think about uh, man-made structures. Anything that re-enters the atmosphere has to have a parachute to like slow yeah. it down. Yeah, this thing hit the ground and dug and like skidded. dug a trail like it it should have broken up it should have been destroyed mm-hmm. like that thing shouldn't be it there. shouldn't be there but and like if it's if it's supposed to be some kind of technology for these rainbow faces to signal their ship again could have been a thruster that was going through and then it thrusts it into the ground and then they're supposed to find it the trail leads them to it I'm just trying to rationalize what happens next to that thing so because what happens next what to that happens next to it Oh, you don't remember because oh, so it pissed me off. Maybe I maybe I read my note. Let me yeah. let me take a look at this. Okay. Uh, so during the rumbles, Ducky falls off the mountain, mm-hmm. and Tyranno gets flashbacks to how he led a bunch of dinos to their deaths, and he leaps off the cliff and saves Ducky, thereby redeeming himself. Sorta. Yeah. No. The volcano erupts and launches uh, Rankus and Sierra into a cliffside, all smoldering and crumbled, but not dead. That is not the volcano that does it it is the stone of cold fire explodes oh the stone yes. itself explodes? the stone itself explodes because they're hitting it with rocks and then it explodes in this blinding white flash and then rockets them okay then yeah i, I totally and that's why that. i'm like the only thing to rationalize that moment is that that is connected to, to the, the rainbow, rainbow faces. faces okay that okay that makes it a little bit 
more rational. <laughs> Which also I guess. means that they were using them to help find their way to it to make it easier uh, to get their mission completed. And they're assholes. They are assholes. <laughs> I love them, but they're assholes. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the equivalent of telling a bunch of like gazelle, hey, there's something really cool over here. Lead me through all of this perilous stuff so that I can go get the radio transmitter to get my helicopter and go, see ya, you're going to die in like a million years or your whole group is going to go extinct in a million years or maybe this is right before the kt extinction we don't know <laughs> we don't know when the meteor is going to hit but hey uh you might want to get meteor insurance <laughs> start digging a hole <laughs> start, start evolving to be smaller than a cat <laughs> yeah you want to be smaller than a cat <laughs> things that are living in caves and underground survive just throwing that out there uh, bye so <laughs> So yes, the volcano erupts, but actually it's, well, the volcano does erupt, but the Mm -hmm. stone of cold fire exploding is what launches Rinkus and Sierra into a cliffside. They're all smoldering and crumpled, but not dead. Everyone else flees back to the Great Valley, and Uncle Tyranno is immediately put on trial for his many, many crimes. Mm -hmm. He gets a lenient sentence and is banished to the mysterious beyond for five cold times. So... He basically gets five years in prison. Tyranno mm-hmm. uh, protests, and so does Petrie. But as soon as Petrie protests, that Tyranno uh, is then like, no, no, they're right. I fucked up, and I need to pay for my crimes. My many, many crimes. And Papa Tops shoots Tyr- shoes Tyranno away with one of with. <laughs> he shoes Tyranno away, who is like, I won't miss that three-horned asshole. See you all in five cold times. So, uh, Shay and I had an interesting conversation while you were doing notes about this. Um, they were saving a lot on animation with crowd shots, so we don't know how many dinosaurs exactly got peeled away from the rest of the group by Toronto. But we know that at the start of the land before time the first one sarah had two parents by the end she only has her dad and her dad is like he always hates outsiders and he always is gruff but he is especially like full of anger more so than anybody else towards toronto what if and they just and maybe this is me making the movie better or the whole series better Mrs. Threehorn went off with him to see if this would be a shortcut. That is you making excited. Did we see a Threehorn at all go with the others? We didn't. We well, didn't. did we? I think we saw a, a type we of Ceratopsian, saw a type but of I don't think the same it, kind is. It wasn't her, and the only reason I'm saying that is because with this movie, um, and it's brought up in some of the reviews, they really skimp on animation for crowd scenes and stuff, so like, they show many less dinosaurs than would logically be in the group. Like, even the uh, herd that you see in uh, the flashbacks is a lot smaller than what we see going to the Great Valley or at the Great Valley in the end of the first movie. And so I think that maybe, like, they, they're not smart enough to do this. But it would have been smart for them to use that as a way to justify Mr. Threehorn's 
extreme anger of she went for a shortcut and that's where Sarah gets it from. I think that that is a great rewrite that mm-hmm. could have been taken into mm-hmm. consideration, but they didn't do they, it. Yeah, I mean, I that, that would have made that would have that would have been great character development for why Daddy Top, why Papa Tops is the way he mm-hmm. is. That could have been a great explanation for why Sarah's mom isn't around. Yeah, we never because saw Sarah's mom in any of the other stuff. She's not in any of the sequels, and she's not at the end of the first movie. Yeah, so that could have been a great mm-hmm. a great uh, uh, way of rationalizing why she wasn't around, especially because and i'll give you this one spoiler papa tops remarries and we kind of we kind of talked about yeah it and that's bit. a big I, I shouldn't say we kind of talked about it i ferreted that yeah out. that is a big plot point in one of the movies because sarah is really it? hates that there's this woman New coming woman. in as a mom yeah sarah's dealing and, with it in that and see that's another situation of of having actual issues yeah. that kids can relate with yeah like parents remarrying and so it makes it sound like her mom died, and also all of Sarah's sisters died on the way back, or on the way to uh, the Great Valley. And so this would have been a really great way for them to make it so that by the movie where we have uh, Daddy Tops remarrying, we under we kind of have that development already in the back, and why he's such an angry asshole and especially why he's such an angry asshole to Toronto. And it's, I'm, I'm sure that they didn't even think about that like as a, as a plot point, but it's like, no, that's, this would have made another good layer to things. Cause otherwise you're just making him overly angry with no reason. Yeah. Just, yeah. And because have... we don't, we don't know why he's been a gruff asshole the, the entire mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. of the series. That's just his character. Yeah. But like he, he goes over it with this movie where he's like, he does. He, he, his, he his... goes. And it, and it's, it's, it's just because that Toronto is, seems to be a danger to mm-hmm. everybody. And it could have been more specific of you led my wife to her death. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where it's like, okay, this would have been. Uh, and I guess part of it, too, is there's too many, they have too many plates in the air, and uh, they probably couldn't handle that, but that would have been, like, even just a quick cameo of a Ceratopsian who is a little bit, because they always tend to make the females lighter than the males mm-hmm. as their sexual dimorphism have a slightly lighter than Mr. Threehorn, and that would have been a really good thing to include in the crowd shot but the only dinosaur that we really get a uh detailed look at is that parasaurolophus that falls off the cliff Mm -hmm. so that we can have the flashback with ducky yeah and that's it and i don't know i if i had written this i would have gone into i would have made the motivations a little bit more clear but that's just me that's just you what with your a uh good writing skill B, uh, <laughs> degree in story structure and, and film, and C, really liking dinosaurs. And I've watched these movies way too much. Yeah. Okay, so we have done a lot of ranting and rambling. I have two notes left. Yes. The finish line is, is right near. So yes, it is. Tyrannos been banished for five years. The scene changes to that night, and we <laughs> as we see the... The immigrant caravan sets off. Jesus 
Christ. You know, at night, when when seeing is the easiest. The rainbow faces are watching from a grassy cliff, and Baby Steps approaches and is like, Gosh, how did you two get back to the valley so fast? You can't fly. And they don't even answer Baby Steps. They completely no. ignore his question and just stand looking out beyond. They don't even acknowledge that he approached and asked the question. They just completely mm-hmm. ignore him. The rainbow faces then tell Baby Steps that uh, they need to go. And Baby Steps is like, but I have so many questions, like that stone of cold fire. What's the deal with that? Is there really a stone of cold fire? And the rainbow faces are like, lol, 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 lol. <laughs> no, that was just a dumb rock. But the journey you took to discover it was just a dumb rock is what's important. And <laughs> you mean how we almost died multiple times <laughs> and defied physics by flying on a rock up a geyser and surviving a volcanic explosion? Uh... Sure. Anyways, look over there. And when Baby Steps turns around to look at the thing that isn't there, the rainbow faces get fucking beamed up by Scotty and the USS <laughs> Flying Rock zips away <laughs> and up into the sky. And uh, this is with a reprise of Beyond the Mysterious Beyond where uh, the he's Littlefoot is just like, you know, uh, can't you answer my questions? And he's all, well, that would be telling. And... Uh, I think that it's the female that says that will be telling. And then uh, Littlefoot's last question to them is, what are you guys? And then it leads into, life is not a game, my friend, for losing or for winning. And when you think you've reached the end, it's only the beginning. Oh, will you look at that? What? Look at what? And then you hear the teleporter. And then as they go up and... He and you watch Littlefoot w- looking up, and it's it's actually a really you, good shot. You don't see the ship at all. All no. you see is the beam of light. You see the beam of light and sort of the sparkles, and you hear them singing uh, the rest of "Beyond the Mysterious Beyond" with uh, uh, "Beyond the Mysterious Beyond." You never one or you know the wonder never ends there and you might find that you have friends there somewhere out beyond the mysterious beyond and uh as they're singing it it's just this bright light uh, that littlefoot's looking up with the little twinkles so who knows what their actual form is we don't ever find out it's not rainbow faces <laughs> i mean for all we know they might actually i don't mean maybe they were dinosaurs maybe they had some type of of disguise or camouflage it's probably a camouflage because they the, they know. they had a dinosaur form while they're there and then suddenly they are decidedly not <laughs> yeah and uh i i wish that the movie ended here <laughs> i wish that the movie ended here but instead <laughs> but instead baby steps just kind of stares into the sky with a dim smile on his face the rest of the kids come up to him and are like hey what are you doing And Baby Steps is like, I can't tell you, because my walnut-sized brain can't really comprehend what the fuck just happened. (laughs) But the fact that there are things out there that we don't know and can't understand is pretty cool, right? Like, learning is neat, because if we don't know stuff, we can try to learn about that stuff we don't know. Like flying rocks and magical light beams and rainbow-faced dinosaurs that are apparently aliens. The others are like, hey, that's... Crazy. We know lots of stuff. Like, 
you've gotten <laughs> like you've got like that you've gotten into your grandpa's night flowers again <laughs> and the kids and the kids uh laugh as they walk away and they talk about all the stuff that they know because they've had like seven movies to learn things like meta plots and uh songs most of which are lame and forgettable where was i going with this oh yeah the movie is over <laughs> yay and it it ends with uh mysterious beyond or beyond the mysterious beyond, beyond in the credits uh, an instrumental version that's really good and the thing is, I feel like they added that last bit to try and be like, oh, the actual lesson was uh, learning new things and totally not the 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 villain is inside the house, even though we made that the moral at the beginning. And that's a much better moral. Yeah, the moral that the uh, yeah, the moral that the rainbow faces try to impart is that curiosity is good seeking mm-hmm. knowledge is good like and that's what they're talking about the whole it's not the stone of fire that was important it was your journey to discover that the stone of fire wasn't magical that's what matters <laughs> the real stone of cold fire was the, the friends, friends we, we made, made along, along the way, way. <laughs> but it it's like that lesson can still be done without this little short scene at the end with sarah and all of them coming and talking to Littlefoot. It can it can still yeah. hit just fine, and it's it feels it doesn't feel let down. It keeps you at kind of a oh that was an interesting way to end this rather than the everybody laughs ending. Yeah, I I feel like that the balance is somewhere in between because I do like that the friends came to to baby steps mm-hmm. because to me that does kind of signify closure that like mm-hmm. you know the friends are together at the end of the movie and then they walk mm-hmm. away together like i do like that aspect i feel like that it could have been fine-tuned to be mm-hmm. a little less patronizing to an extent yeah uh, but yeah it's 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 like the other movies there's good aspects there's bad aspects this one has good aspects that were Mm -hmm. really underutilized and not fulfilled to an extent that would have been more entertaining and meaningful yeah uh it had one of the best songs and yeah even the even the misplaced song about you know there's good and bad people and bad and good people Mm -hmm. uh that song was good too yeah uh so so far i would say that this show has the most good songs in any of them, this at least is the, my opinion. This is, as a musical, this is the best one. So far, yes. So far, man. This is the best one. Um, well, the next one's okay. Um, but as a musical, this is one of the best examples in the series. As a story, there's some hit or miss stuff, but they do try. This one, I feel like, had the most drafts. But then it had two drafts. It at, at least 5. had two, um, and probably the first draft had a better thing with regards to Toronto and the lesson about, uh, you know, the evil come can come from inside the house. But of course, they had to just out this. Uh, Kay made a jerking off motion. This fucking everybody's good inside that only works with peers <laughs> yeah you really shouldn't use that to justify adults who are endangering children Mm-mm. for their own selfish purposes Mm-mm. and it just it really doesn't work jeffrey dahmer had some good mm. inside <laughs> his friend that he ate and died i don't know <laughs> like it 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 just it 
it really there are things in it that I really really like and things that really take away from the things that I really like that makes this one so frustrating because without a couple of things it could have been a really good like sequel movie Uh, it could this could have been i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put it on par with american tales sequel it would be like balto 2 which you haven't seen balto 2 is okay (laughs) and or it could be it, it balto 2 or lion king 2 it's on that level for me because Lion King 2 is I've seen Lion good King 2 music. and I think I like that one better for sure but well like in regards to like within the franchise okay um cuz cuz American Tale 2 is almost its own thing for me so I can't judge it as a sequel same as The Rescuers Down Under I can't judge that one as mm-hmm. a sequel cuz it's so good on its own um and with this one, it's very much, you do need the other movie, like the first movie, to really get a feel for this one. Um, you don't need the other six, though. Um, but you do, um, or the other five, but you you have these moments that are really good, but then you have moments that just tank the movie and make it just, ugh, that make you frustrated. Because there are moments in Lion King 2 that... Lion King 2, in my opinion, is the best Disney sequel because I've seen way too many Disney sequels and most of them are terrible. Lion King 2 is fan-fucking-tastic, but there are things in it that really fucking bother me that wouldn't bother... that bothered me when I was a kid. Well, the things that bothered me in that, now we're we're, we're uh, tangenting again, but the things that bothered me in that was just how it retcons stuff. Yeah. But... and and so it'll have these frustrating moments but then there's something good and there's a good lesson in it and stuff like that and that's kind of the case with this sequel with regards to the rest of land before time as a franchise this sequel has some really good deep shit but it also has some really fucking stupid shit (laughs) has a lot yeah just i mean yeah that not necessarily any more than the other ones but no it's it's less than the other ones in my opinion because the other ones have some stuff that is just completely unforgivable but that well my biggest issue is when you have characters who are extraterrestrial who are much more intelligent mm. than the people they're observing giving advice that is physically fucking impossible that that bothers me more than just them thinking they can do something and doing it because mm-hmm. okay but when you have when you have literal aliens with advanced knowledge coming down and being like ride this rock up a geyser that bothers me a little bit less than it bothers you and maybe again it's because i have seen what comes okay and i have seen what's next and how shitty things get speaking of which What's next, Kay? So, the next one is going to not be one of the shittiest, thank Christ. It's one that I haven't seen that often, though, because it stressed me the fuck out. <laughs> um, because, and not because of the title, not because of the cover art, but because of what happens in it just stressed me out so bad. We are going to be watching The Land Before Time 8, The Big Freeze. 
I said, brr, it's cold in here. There must be some dinos in their valley when some snow appears. I said, brr. <laughs> yeah, it's, this one, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, it's a lot more favorably reviewed than the other ones. This one and Stone of Cold Fire are kind of the two uh, in my current journey that have been reviewed pretty well. Um, I haven't seen what people thought about the Great Long Neck Migration because that's another one that's in the back half of the series that I'm like, this one's pretty decent. This (laughs) one's good for a very specific reason that we'll get into when we see it. But Although it has some stupid shit in it, but that's the case with all of these. But with um, the next one, it's it's going to be a Spike movie. It's going to deal with our sweet boy. Yeah, we've yet to have a Thag-centric episode. He's very much relegated to mm-hmm. being the tough, silent type who gets them into trouble because of his fucking stomach. Well, I mean, he is the one that is the most aware that he has a period of time that he has to grow in and he needs to get as much food in as he can or else he is going to be sharp tooth food. (laughs) Which I just... I don't want to get into why some of the parenting and dinosaur young choices are dumb in this, but they are. (laughs) I will say that out of the gang, Littlefoot definitely uh, has the most realistic upbringing before we get to the sequels uh, because he doesn't have his mom and has to travel uh, alone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the case with, with Spike uh, too. Yeah, but like uh, Spike possibly could have been around adults because the babies may not have had their thagomizers developed yet and adults maybe would have protected them that way. Whereas, uh, oh, you mean actual dinosaurs? Yeah, actual in... dinosaurs. Gotcha. Whereas an Apatosaurus, they may not have traveled with the herd because they're tiny, and you know you have this tiny little critter following along giant parents. It does make sense to have them kind of have to grow up alone, independently, independently, and whoever survives gets to rejoin and. Or join up a new herd, because it wouldn't make sense to rejoin your old herd. Yeah. Because that's how inbreeding happens. (laughs) That's how cousin fun happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, next one, Land Before Time, The Big Freeze. Land Before Time 8, The Big Freeze. Yay! Yay! Thank you all so much for sticking with us on this rambly, tangenty filled episode. Uh, if you would like to reach out to KRI, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to our social medias, our Twitters, our Instagrams, our Facebooks, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Please feel free to jump in, say hi, share pictures of your pets, talk about musical theater, or just kind of whatever. If you want to really help out the show, so uh, the best thing that you can do is leave a review. A five-star review helps out on iTunes, Podchaser, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to say anything profound. You can say your favorite dinosaur. And, hey, I'll sing a little song about your favorite dinosaur if you put it in the review. 
Um, and, and if you mention latte in your review, she gets a cookie. Yes, if you mention latte in the review, you get then she gets a cookie. You can get a cookie too. I'm I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you can join our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical, and uh, join on any of the levels. We have a bunch of different options for you. Uh, you get bonus episodes when we do them. You get your name in the show. You can uh, even have us read a personal message, like a happy birthday greeting. If you want a more tangible way to show your love, if you want to walk around town and show the glory of a jello cat upon thy bosom, you can do so at our tea public store where we have our criminal ginger baby shirts, our jello cat shirts. We've got jello cat pillows, jello cat masks. We've got all sorts of shit there. Uh, but yeah, check out our tea public. Check out our Patreon if you want to go above and beyond with helping. But other than that, thank you all so much for your support. And thank you for joining us again week after week. That'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf. Salmon? Salmon. Salmon. With vanilla. That's how you get salmonella. It's when you're throwing up, but someone else.